are listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers brought to you by Cooler Partners. My name is Jeff White and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing, mate? I am well, I'm well. I'm excited uh, for, today's, uh, for today's conversation. It's just a really fascinating topic and uh, our guest is... Uh, um, just a, a, has a wealth of knowledge. So I'm just kind of, I don't know. There's a, sometimes I feel like I know where these shows are heading uh, as I'm as a, as we're chatting in the intro. Yeah. And then there's times like this where I'm like, I have no idea, and I'm <laughs> going to find out with everybody else. Yeah. Well, and you know, you're going to learn something along the yeah, way. Yeah. So, and it, it should be noted too, like we have never had as many technical glitches trying to line up this guest as as with others. And I am so glad we finally managed to get Mike on the line. So joining us today is Mike Nature. Mike is the business development manager with the Solution Center with Festo Didactic. Mike, welcome to the Cooler Ring. Oh, thank you, Jeff. I'm glad to be here. As you mentioned, uh, it was a long journey, but uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're finally together. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> it's a funny thing, you know, like as advanced as technology gets, uh, you know, it's still hard to get a podcast platform that's actually reliable. Or, you know, <laughs> they, they, they can't get a toaster that lasts any more than two or yeah. three years, oh, I really. Know. I mean, these problems ought to be solved. One but. would think, yeah. I mean, 100 plus episodes in and we're still having issues sometimes. <laughs> oh, well. yeah. So if any of our listeners find themselves having technical issues with the podcast every once in a while, well, don't... Uh, you, Take you heed. You're, Take yeah, 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 you're not alone. Don't despair. Well, Mike, uh, um, I think... Um, uh, I have so many questions. I don't even know where to start. I mean, uh, Festo Didactic is really about um, just kind of comprehending that the pace of change that our manufacturers are facing is um, incredibly rapid and getting faster every day. And, and, and you're really in the business of helping people keep up with that. How does a workforce keep up with that? I mean, at its core, that's what you do, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. So Festo Didactics mission is to partner with technical schools and universities and high schools uh, to really provide a hands-on learning experience of manufacturing technologies all over the world. So uh, we're the largest player in this niche of technical education. Uh, we have roughly 800 people dedicated around the world to uh, supporting technical education. And and really bring it to the forefront in a very tangible way for students and instructors to see this technology, right? It's not enough to have a theoretical book learning understanding of keeping an assembly line running. You have to actually know how to keep that assembly line running. And that's what we provide for the students. And I guess, um, I mean, look, the majority of our listeners tend to be marketers. So, um, uh, and we really just see this, uh, you know, that obviously the marketing connect is fairly obvious, but uh, just so that, uh, you know, our listeners understand, I mean, just kind of how direct a connect is there between Festo Didactic and Festo, the people that can actually come in and sell you industrial automation? Um, because there, you folks are your own kind of entity in some way, but you do have a connection. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So as, as you mentioned, our sister company, Festo Automation, is a, a, a manufacturer of industrial controls uh, used worldwide, you know, approximately 20,000 people working, you know, developing these cutting edge controls. And the didactic division works very closely, you know, with our colleagues in that sector because they have a lot of domain knowledge of how to produce high quality 
components and equipment at volume quickly and flawlessly. So, so we can, we can pull from them, uh, their knowledge and, um, and bring it into the students, uh, realm. And as you mentioned, you know, if you have sales and marketing people, you know, listening in, um, anything to do with education is an automatic, uh, like public relations item, you know, a piece of content when, whenever we have a sale, it's just not a sale of equipment. It is influencing young people or people that are, um, reskilling themselves for these new jobs and, uh, very often can make headlines in the local papers. So. Mm. I, it's like, uh, to me, I, you know, people think of uh, technical education or technical resources on a website or whatever as educational content almost as being, you know, once they're doing that, they're they're striping. I mean, this they, is like, we have they, a whole separate. They brought the educational component there, and they're done. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But there's I mean, this is just a whole other level, obviously, of um, of a way of thinking about how to how to shape uh, a, a market. Um, over, I mean, over a long period of time, uh, Festo Didactics been in business since 1965. Um, uh, so it was a, you know, it was a long, it was a long game play then, and it continues to be. And I just think it's really something interesting for marketers to consider, and how other manufacturers and organizations can kind of live into this idea in some way. I mean, I have no idea how our listeners can uh, take what we're talking about mm -hmm. and kind of turn it into. Uh, practical ideas for them but that's uh, that's where the magic happens it's not up for us to connect all those dots yeah. but anyway so i think it's it, it's it's a just a fascinating thing that you're, you're doing Mike. yeah yeah so i would say you know from a marketing standpoint probably um for for, for any company um you know it falls into the uh, good corporate citizen bucket Right. So if, if you work with your educational providers in the region by hosting students to come in to see your facility, if you have an impressive facility, um, if you sponsor some sort of event uh, that, that can, you know, lead to similar sorts of public relations and, and outreaches at a smaller level, but in a very similar manner. Yeah, may not shape the market in quite the same way as it does training people on your equipment, however. <laughs> yeah, so, um, for sure. You've been around since 1965. Um, where, and obviously this must have been spun off out of the the main company uh, by seeing a need. Where where did it start, and what does it look like now? Sure. So it, it all started in Germany. We're located in southern Germany, which is well known for its automotive sector of manufacturers. So it's no accident that we're located close to that, because that's a major uh, uh, customer base for us. And since then, it's spread all over the world on both sides of the business. So, uh, you know, we, we have a presence in over 100 countries all over the world. And uh, that's the same on automation and on the didactic side. So it, it kind of grew out of a need um, to, to teach people these technical details of products and processes, especially in the manufacturing sector. And it grew into its own business worldwide because of that. So... Um, we're located, uh, our U.S. headquarters for didactics is located in New Jersey, central New Jersey. And, uh, and we're servicing customers all over North America out of that location. And how, how do the, uh, so the, the primary um, 
product, I guess you could say, are these solution centers that you work with schools or factories or, or others to to implement? What does that look like and, uh, and how does that come together? Yeah, so uh, we have a pretty diverse product line. Uh, we have uh, what we call tabletop trainers for very basic education. So these are something you can put in front of you. Uh, right on your desk, and you could start to learn about sensors or controllers used in manufacturing. And um, we have that for almost every major branch of technical education, mechanics, electrical, HVAC, um, uh, water uh, treatment, you know, you name it, you know, we, 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 we have it. Uh, the division I work for, the Solution Center, works on very customized projects. And what we do is we design a learning factory, a scaled down assembly factory that can fit into a moderate sized classroom or lab that actually form, performs as a, a, a factory would in, in real industry. So we use all the brand name controllers, all the robot manufacturers um, out there, and we provide an integrated uh, system uh, uh, for it. So, you know, it, Generally, you know, we'll fill like a 20 foot by 30 foot room. And this often is a capstone project for the students and uh, during their final year. It's interesting to me, uh, just on that brand connectivity part, uh, that as you bring these uh, solutions um, uh, to life, that you're not exclusive to Festo, however. Um, mm -hmm. You'll spec um, competitive products where it makes sense uh, for the educational environment, obviously. Um, and in some, but obviously, you still go to market as Festo Didactic. I like that you yes. can kind of seem like you can have your cake and eat it too here, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, in in the manufacturing industrial world, there there is a been a big push from the end users to wanting open standards and and conductivity and being able to use best of breed. So they want to be able to use the best controller from manufacturer A, the best sensor from manufacturer B, you know, so on and, and, and so forth without much friction in between, right? So uh, 40 years ago, the, the, all the big control manufacturers, industrial control, tried to make one big house and say, okay, you know, we'll outfit your whole family. You have to buy everything from us. And um, manufacturers and sellers like that concept, but the users didn't like it quite as much. So, uh, so there's been a, a mega trend towards open standards and being able to use best of breed. And that's exactly what we're doing in our learning factories, using best of breed. So we find the best industrial camera or the one that has the biggest commercial footprint. Sometimes those two things are the same. And that's what we include. And then when students learn on that industrial camera and bring it out to industry, there's a high chance that you're going to see that out there. And that does everyone uh, a world of good. Are your digital marketing efforts bringing in too many junk leads? Stop wasting time and distracting your sales team. Account-based marketing can help give your marketing strategy the laser focus on qualified buyers that you need to increase your pipeline velocity, close more deals, and grow your business faster. We've created a sample manufacturing ABM plan to help you get started. Download the sample manufacturing ABM plan at bit.ly slash sample ABM. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash sample ABM. And Mike, what, and I'm assuming that most of the learning centers are um, 
uh, installed in, in, in educational environments, institutions. But I guess to what extent do you work directly with um, um, with manufacturers to uh, support learning environments for onboarding new workforce or what have you? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. So uh, the, the majority of our sales, and I would say that would probably be north of 90%, you know, are to educational facilities of some sort. That's how they're classified, you know, nonprofit educational entity. Uh, the, the other percent, let's say it's 5%, would be directly to a large manufacturer. So, you know, think of a worldwide manufacturer like uh, Nestle Foods or a Volkswagen or a BMW that have the internal um, strength to have their own training center. So we would work with them to design the training centers and also the curriculum around what their particular application is. You know, you might, uh, the tricky thing about manufacturing is, you know, there's many different shades of manufacturing. So there's different skill sets needed in food processing than there is in metal bending or in automotive uh, assembly. So you have to be very flexible and be able to work with them. So, so we have contracts with some of those big global names, you know, that everyone knows uh, to provide that sort of um, training and, and equipment for their, their own training purposes. So, but yeah, it's a great question. I just can't help but uh, think that, you know, especially in this environment where um, uh, we, we know that the uh, supply chain dynamics are, are, are changing, <laughs> Um, uh, factory location or relocations um, uh, will probably be accelerating as the China-U.S. relationship continues to be challenged, and then mm -hmm. um, and, and 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 you know, one assumes a new factory being spun up today is probably going to be a lot closer to the smart <laughs> factories of tomorrow than uh, what some of the workforce was previously. Um, trying to do i mean it yeah. all seems like a pretty um it's a bit of a perfect uh, storm isn't perfect it? storm of events for somebody yeah. like you mike yeah <laughs> yeah yeah definitely i mean we've been watching this this um you know what we refer to sometimes as reshoring of manufacturing right bringing some operations back from 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 overseas or from other countries where they you know left in the 1990s um even before you know, the, the COVID crisis hit. This was a, another one of the macro trends that were was happening. And uh, this is just going to accelerate it. I mean, the, the American public, I think, was quite shocked, and probably the Canadian public as well, I would imagine, uh, to find that, you know, uh, you, you, can, you can't find Clorox wipes six months later on the shelf because there's a certain material in, in Clorox bleach wipes that is not produced domestically or in the quantities that are needed. And it's like, what? Um, and and then I was at my Costco over the weekend and they have a sign in the front still, you know, listing everything that they're out of. So you don't have to go to the back to find the paper towels because they're not here or the Clorox wipes. And it's a six months after the start of, of this. So I think it's a, a, a great wake up call. Um, every day I hear about more and more manufacturers locating in the US, right? And automation is a big portion of it. Right. So we're we're 30 years from 1990 now and you can do a lot more with automation than you could 30 years ago. And once you take that low cost, low skilled labor component out of the equation, then manufacturing can be anywhere. 
Right. And man, so much of that gets lost in the political discourse. Of course, I mean, it's almost like the manufacturing jobs are talked about as though they're uh, low tech, blue collar. Yeah. Right. It's There's just nothing a, could be further from the truth. Yeah. 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 So it's one area where, well, I mean, so many areas. I suppose the political discourse doesn't match reality. But man, yeah. is it ever uh, the case here? I will tell you, Mike. Uh, you said that Canadians would be shocked. I think it's hard to get Canadians to express shock at anything. You <laughs> <laughs> may have been like mildly surprised. Or something. <laughs> I, I will say this, though. I was in Costco on the weekend, and they had the first shipment of Clorox wipes I've seen yeah. since March yeah. available at the front of the store, and people were literally scrambling to get them. But I, I did want, uh, kind of riffing on that topic, um, given that the learning environments that uh, Festo Didactic produces are like in-person learning um, Obviously, manufacturing is is uh, considered an essential service. Well, you mentioned the importance of hands-on. Yeah, exactly. In the pandemic, how has, if at all, uh, the pandemic shifted the focus of what you may build in the future? Yeah. So, um, you know, we do have a full portfolio of products, and a portion of that was digital learning. So being able to be uh, dispensed online, and, and that was growing at a nice pace, uh, this covid crisis really spiked our energy level in that digital learning uh, area. So uh, now it's uh, part of the core strategy. Okay, how can we deliver this content um, in a remote learning environment and also where the students may not be all in one place, right? They may, might not be able to go into the school. So we're developing our curriculum, the, the knowledge portion into nuggets that can be encapsulated into a a delivery vehicle that can be digital, like what we're doing right now, and also developing smaller scale pieces of this equipment that might be able to be shipped, you know, from student A to student B to student C, where they can then have that hands-on portion of working with it. And then when things are safe and okay to go back, they can work on the big machine with all the pieces uh, uh, put together. So yeah, yeah, it's definitely shaken up everything, even our business. I have to think too. I mean, this does, it's one of those few occasions where you look at technology like virtual reality or augmented reality and say, yes, there is an absolute fit here for, you know, for this kind of thing. Is that being explored as well? Yeah. Yeah. So we have both uh, virtual and, and augmented reality that we're retooling now to go online. And, um, you know, just as a little bit of a side note, in, in March, when, when all our schools were starting to close down in the U.S. and students were being sent home, um, we, we offered, you know, for free for six months our entire digital portfolio to any school that was not yet set up on the uh, digital platform because they were really scrambling, right, because they had to send their students home and they had nothing uh, uh, to offer. So we just opened it up and uh, uh, provided a, a, a six-month license free of charge with no commitment and about, you know, I don't have the exact number, but it was in the several hundreds of, of schools took advantage of that. So um, we were kind of happy to do our part because it was really scary back then. We didn't know exactly how bad it was going to get. Mm. Um, uh, but But there's also a little bit of a PR component to that too you know, as well. Right. We, we, we didn't give a 10% discount. Uh, we, we offered it for free. So well, we're proud of that. It's impressive that it was able to scale to that, that quickly yeah. as well. Um, you know, it's, it's been several hundred schools coming on at once. It's not nothing. Yeah. It's yeah. to the, uh, 
the, the extensibility of the platform. Yeah, sure. we had some guys that were very busy in our office over the <laughs> last uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, two or three months to uh, support that. Yeah, there's two or three IT guys that would like a word. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. but but yeah, yeah, we're we're looking at that, you know, as we move towards the uh, move towards the future, and and you know, uh, the other trend is, you know, people are looking at less formal education models now, looking more at certificates. So, you know, how how is Festo Didactic, you know, supporting that? You know, we partner with well-known organizations like NIMS, which is the Society of Metalworking uh, um, uh, People. And we come up with curriculum and, and certificates that they certify. So if you're going to be a machine tool operator, you know, you get the stamp that has Festo and NIMS uh, on it. And we have several of those types of partnerships uh, around because people are looking to make it more modular education you know, not, you have to go to one place for four years and you get your piece of paper. Everyone just wants skills. So I think it was Google just recently, you know, made a, a big announcement that they took off a university degree as a prerequisite for any position. You do not have to show that you have a four-year degree or six-year degree or whatever degree uh, to get a job at Google. Uh, what you do have to do is show that you're proficient at the specific thing that you say that you know well and, and can get done. So, um, go in and get tested and you can get the job, right? It doesn't matter how you acquired that knowledge. Um, so, so, so there's big changes afoot, even in, in education. Yeah. I mean, we, I mean, I think it's, it's hard to even be tangentially connected to a conversation about education and understand that it's, uh, it's, you know, changing rapidly and our view of, uh, formal education is changing rapidly. I must say, though, it um, kind of surprises me a bit like to, to have that direct connect uh, between the manufacturing world and uh, what can often seem like a very just an innovative HR practice by a leading tech firm like Google, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, that's really just a, just bringing it to life. I think. Certainly puts a dent in the message of universities. Mm. <laughs> this is the only way forward, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially in the U.S. I mean, we've had our our uh, our, our issues with universities and the cost of them, and and uh, how available they are to the entire population. Um, and, and this has not been a good time. Uh, let's put it that way. It's, well, it, in, in retrospect, it will probably be like, okay, this is the, the turning point that things started to, to change, um, an inflection point. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so we'll just have to see, but, but yeah, yeah, it, it, it's a little bit of an unknown world. What's going to be in place 10 years from now, I think. Yeah. But it is uh, certainly um, somewhat easy to see how uh, the, the learning centers that you create will have a part in it um, yeah. going forward. Yeah. It's, a, mm -hmm. it's a really um, uh, excited, exciting thing that you're doing. And I just, um, uh, you know, I, there's just so many different ways that I feel it could evolve to kind of meet where, where oh, it's I know. going. I mean, yeah. it, it, you couldn't really be in a better time mm. in a better place to be this far ahead of the game in terms of providing educational content. Yep. Um, both physical and uh, and virtual. And I, I mean, I, the, the question I have, I mean, I know that this, this might be putting you on the spot a little bit, but, you know, if you did have um, like some suggestions or thoughts for people who are more in that kind of more traditional marketing and sales apparatus within manufacturers, how can they get started with, uh, with this and begin to 
be associated in such a positive way with, you know, the workforce skills challenge or, or some other large, um, you know, uh, real impediment to, to manufacturing right now. That's I, not putting Mike on the spot at all. Oh, <laughs> yeah, not at all. No, no, no. I, I actually appreciate that question because, you know, we work with a lot of our um, sister like companies of different ilk, you know, in the industrial world, like many others, there's a combination of customers and competitors and combinations of those two things together and partners. So um, every every manufacturer is facing and seeing the same thing that we do at Festo Didactic, right? They're all developing cutting edge products. They're trying to develop cutting edge products. And workforce is always one of the top three issues. Every survey, workforce never drops below three. It's usually number one or number two, uh, sometimes number three. Uh, many of those manufacturers have seen what we're doing and, and they, they come to us quite regularly, right? And they give, share with us what they're working on, what their product roadmap looks like. Uh, because they know how important it is to to have their products influence. So I would say almost every major manufacturer knows who we are of the components that we're using and uh, actually uh, also helps and assists us in creating that curriculum and and that content. So um, it's it's very hard for a single manufacturer to do it alone. Sometimes they'll try to donate old equipment into a school, you know, unsold stuff. Um, but the instructors don't know how to operate it. There's no assembly manual. There's no lesson plan. And it, it basically usually just sits and, and doesn't get incorporated unless you have a real gung-ho professor or instructor. Um, but that's, that's the exception, not the, uh, not the norm. So, so many of those manufacturers know what we're doing. Um, you know, we, we purchase products from them, so we're a customer. You know, we ask them for a little bit more of a discount because it's for education and uh, they're usually happy to, to work with us. I think it's, um, uh, I think it's a good challenge for marketers listening to this that uh, for like maybe if you're, you know, you're working in a, I mean, maybe a smaller mid-sized manufacturing operation, right? With a regional focus yeah. uh, that draws workforce from, from a smaller uh, uh, pool. Um, just how can you uh, take a little bit of the secret sauce that Mike's talked about here today? Yeah, and, it's not just about providing employment, but providing empowerment through education. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it, exactly. And, and uh, you know, the, the the solution won't be the same for everybody, but um, I think it's a the thought experiments that can be launched from this episode are significant. Yeah, for sure. So, Mike, what's what's next for Festo Didactic? Well, you know, there's always a, a, a next step for us. So, you know, we, we try uh, to stay right on the cutting edge of, of manufacturing. So um, right now, you know, we've already implemented robotics and mobile robotics and virtual reality and artificial reality uh, right at this at this particular moment and, and next month, you know, it could be something different, but we're looking at blockchain and how does blockchain influence manufacturing and at what appropriate level could we get students involved uh, in that um, last year the the last thing that we launched was cybersecurity. Uh, how do you uh, implement cybersecurity in the manufacturing uh, floor so uh, it all tends to be technical and a little bit geeky 
but uh, that's our business. So we're, we're proud to do it. Well, I thank you for uh, sharing it with our listeners today. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah. Thank you very much. I'm really uh, honored to be on your show. Oh, well, thanks again. Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring. 